going on, people? It's Yabai Kelechi back with another episode of the Ramblin' Mind Podcast. And we got a lot to get to today. But before we do any of that, it's somebody's birthday today. Yeah, it's somebody's birthday today. Shout out to my older sister. who It's her birthday today. If you follow me on Instagram, you've seen me post, of course, because... As I always have to do, you got to celebrate your family. You got to celebrate those who you love, those who are closest to you. And today is my sister's birthday, so you know I had to celebrate that thing. You know I had to give her a big old shout out on the pod. Happy birthday to you. If you don't know who that is, check out my Instagram. And you may or may not be able to say what's up or happy birthday. All you can do actually is on my Instagram... If you see the post that I put on my Instagram saying happy birthday, just comment down below and just say happy birthday. You ain't even got to know her name. You ain't even got to know who I'm talking about. But just comment down below happy birthday from the Rambling Mind podcast sent by Kalichi. <laughs> just comment down that down below. That will be dope. That will be dope. But happy birthday to you, sis. It's such a joy. It's such a joy. I mean, <laughs> we fight all the time. But I love her so much. I love her so much. She's she's the best. One of the best. I got three siblings. They all great. I love all of them. They're dope. Like some of the best people to hang out with. If you if you see my if you're on my Instagram, you will notice I post a lot about my family because I love my family, man. What else am I supposed to post about? I love my family. I gotta post about them. What can I do? What can I do? I love them too much. But happy birthday to you, sis. I hope it's a wonderful, 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 wonderful day for you. And I pray that the Lord will continually bless you and keep you and take you to greater and greater and greater and greater and greater heights. Because I expect a lot out of you. So do great things. Be great and keep being great and do great things. Anyway, let's get down to the topics that we got today. Let's get right into it. We ain't even going to do anything on the sideways. We're just going to go right into it. So, first of all, we're going to take a quick look at the markets. I was going to come on here and talk about how the markets have been popping up recently and be doing good things recently. I was going to show you all this portfolio and be like, yo, the markets are just, markets were here on Monday. I was like, yo, the markets are, not, are, are really high. They're doing really well. And I was going to talk about the two things that really, which we're still going to talk about them. But I was going to talk about the two things that caused that to happen. And then as of today, the markets just decided, you know what, dog? We, we ain't playing those games anymore. <laughs> we're coming right back to earth. We're coming right back to earth. This is, we're coming back to where we needed to be in the first place. So we'll talk about why that is happening now and what caused the bump. Actually, let's just start off with what exactly caused the bump at the beginning of the week. The reason that the market had that little trajectory of going up and ending last week in a positive zone, there was no trading on Friday because Friday was good Friday and the markets take that Friday off. But ending on Thursday, the markets finished at a really high, like finished really, really well, finished really strong. And part of the reasoning for that was because of the announcement that was made by the Fed, which announced that they are going to do another 2.3 trillion support for the economy. This is in addition to the already 2.1 trillion that they had already previously injected into the economy. And so the question is, why are they making that move or what is this move supposed to do? Basically, this move is to continue helping small business owners. As you can see in a statement, I'm reading from the website Market Watch. 
They said in, in a statement, Federal Chairman Jerome Powell said the central bank is trying to provide as much relief and stability as we can. During this, that's the end of the quote, during this period where Americans are staying at home to stop the spread of the pandemic. So your question is, so does that mean I'm about to get another check? Because I believe most people, if you did your taxes and you had a direct deposit type of thing, you probably got a check sometime this week. So no, you're not getting a check. This is not for you. When the Fed does anything, that's to help the markets. That's to help business. That's not necessarily to help individuals. That's where the federal government comes in. The federal governments will be the one that if they pass, I think I saw something about they might do another $2 trillion thing where they're going to try and give people some more money or something like that because this is going on longer than they expected. Now, do I see that happening? I don't know because we, I don't, I don't know, but that's not, that's besides the point. The main thing is on this one, the idea of what the Fed is trying to do is to ensure that people can keep their staff on hand, can keep paying their staffs. So they're going to loan out some more money so they can take money to ensure that they can support their staffs. So I'm reading again from the Market Watch article, which stated that the cornerstone of today's action is a new $600 billion Main Street lending fund to offer support for small and mid-sized businesses who will have to pay between 2.5% to 4% after the secured overnight funding rates, which stands at zero. This plan is to offer four years loan, four-year loans to companies with principal and interest payments deferred for one year. This loan will be originated by the banks who will retain a 5% share and sell the rest of the Fed's facility. All that means is the Fed is kind of getting to the point where they are no longer taking a back seat, where they're really saying that we are now going to whatever it takes. This all, all this says is the Fed is coming out and saying, whatever it takes, we are doing all we can to ensure that we can continue to sustain the economy, to ensure that we can continue to help the economy do what it needs to do. Uh, Krishna Guha, a former federal staffer and now vice chairman of Evercore Financial, said he thought the Fed wasn't done. In other words, this is something that might still happen. He said, in quotes, both the Fed's repeatedly escalating credit market actions and Chair Powell's comments in a broken's website today send a clear signal that if what was announced today is not enough, the Fed will come back with more. In other words, the federal government is going to do whatever it takes to ensure that they can continue to help uh, to help American citizens or really to ensure that they can continue to help businesses, to ensure that businesses have that cash flow so they can continue to pay people and people can continue to spend money. At least that's the theoretical idea of what they want to happen. They don't want businesses to close down completely. They don't want businesses to let people go. They don't want businesses to, to just kind of succumb to the impact of the coronavirus. They don't want that to happen. And so that's why you saw the stock market jump on on the news of the Fed doing this because the stock market were like, that's good. It means the economy is going to keep going. The economy is going to keep doing well. However, that's not the only reason why the economy jumped up. Of course, we also had we also had information about one, the job losses increasing to 17 million people. And then two, but we had good information that the death toll was starting to, we were starting to round the corner as we talked about last week. We were starting to see that the maybe we're finally flattening out the curve. So 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 those two news 
was a lot more important than the 17 million people that lost their jobs. Not to say that the 17 million people who lost their job is not important. However, for the markets, the markets have already factored the fact that there's going to be an insurmountable amount of people who lose their jobs during this whole coronavirus situation. That's already been taken into account. And that's something that I want to talk about today is the fact that when you look at the stock market, you cannot use the stock market as your gauge of how well or how badly the economy is doing. The stock market cannot cannot be your be all end all when it comes to looking at how is the economy doing? Is the economy doing well? Is the economy not doing well? You can't use just the stock market. The problem with looking at the stock market is it doesn't correlate directly to economic news. It doesn't work hand in hand where if you get economic news saying that, hey, we're spending all kinds of money and the the GDP is growing and everything is looking well and the economy is doing well, it doesn't necessarily mean that the stock market is going to grow because the stock market is going to look at businesses and take news from businesses. That's why when the number was released that now there are 17 million people that are unemployed due to the coronavirus, it didn't really shake the stock market. Have you ever heard the theory of going nose blind? When you're so inundated around a stinky place you're just used to it being nasty i remember one time me and my best friend and my little brother we had stayed in our room for like a good week it was spring break and we were in our room for a good week playing video games and doing all kinds of stuff we just stayed in the room we didn't really go outside and do anything else and then one day one morning it wasn't even a week it was like a couple of days but during the entire week we were just in that room a couple of days, my mom came into the room, opened the door, and the smell like that hit her in the face, we were like, we didn't even notice it. But the smell that hit her in the face was like, what the, what is this? You guys get out, open the windows, open the doors, this place stinks. Because we had been in there and we had gassed that place up, but we had all gone nose blind to it. We didn't even realize what we were sitting in. And that's basically what's going on with the with the uh, with the unemployment number we just keep on seeing these high numbers see i mean today again we're expecting another high number of unemployment to be registered probably again in another six million people or so is estimated and so probably is going to go up to 24 million people who will be unemployed getting closer and closer to that estimated number of about 43 million that we talked about last week that the federal reserves came out and said that it's probably going to hit that number and so With that in mind, investors have already taken that into consideration, which is why you saw the early sell-offs. That's why the market plunged because it was just expected that things were going to be a whole lot worse before they got any better. I saw a lot of, I read a lot of uh, Reddit and I'm on Reddit a lot. So there were a lot of people that were upset and saying, oh, this is a broken system. The economic system in the U.S. is so broken. How can 17 million people lose their jobs, but then the, the, the stock market flies up? It's because there's not a direct correlation between the economy doing well and the stock market go, doing well. There's not a direct correlation between one and the other. The things that investors value is not necessarily the things that day-to-day people value when it comes to looking at the economy versus looking at the stock market. That is why it is so important to not use the stock market to gauge, which is why a lot of people get upset with Donald Trump, is you cannot use the stock market to gauge how well or how bad the economy is doing. It is 
an idea it's a part of it but it's not the whole picture it doesn't tell you the whole thing especially in a situation like we are today where the reason why the economy is not doing that well is because people have to stay home people have to stay at home because of this pandemic situation it's not because businesses are not able to supply the needs of people it's not because people are not able to to buy things it's because people well part of the if people can't go to work, people can't make money and they can't buy things. So it's because it's a mandated to stay home so you can protect yourself and be safe. So you're not contaminated by this whole COVID-19 situation. And so when you take that into perspective, of course, the stock market is not going to always focus on just that picture. It's going to look at other things. How are businesses dealing with it? How are businesses uh, protecting themselves from the influences of COVID-19? That's what economists are looking at right now. That's what investors are looking at. They're no longer just looking at, oh my gosh, we're in a pandemic, we're in a pandemic. After a while, it's like, that's not the big information anymore. The big information is, how is Apple dealing with it? How is Google dealing with it? How are the banks dealing with it? Which is something that we'll talk about today because banks' earnings are coming out and that is gonna have a whole lot more of an impact on the economy than any news about unemployment or any of that stuff. How are the banks uh, protecting themselves, insulin, insulating themselves from things like defaults that are going to come. And we'll talk about that here in a second. But that's the reason why you won't see a direct correlation between how the stock market is doing and some of the news about unemployment and those kind of things. In a regular time period, when things are working normally, those two things will correlate a little bit closer. But in the world that we are in right now, this is an unprecedented situation. And so you cannot use the same mentalities of yesterday to fix the problems of today. It has to look different. Investors have to ask different questions. They can't ask the same questions that they've always asked. It has to be a different question looking towards the future, which we'll go into that thinking about. And then we'll go into talking about some of that later on as we go further on into this podcast. But the other news that helped the stock market jump up was because Bernie Sanders dropped out of the presidential races. And as you all know, Bernie Sanders is not exactly the best friends of the stock market. He wanted to do a lot to change how the stock market was. As a matter of fact, this is an article from Forbes. It says that the Dow Jones industrial average went up 3.4%, almost 800 points on Wednesday, while the S&P 500 rose 3.4% and the NASDAQ rose 2.6% on the news. They can't say it was directly correlated to the news of him dropping out, but it played a role to give a boost to the stock that Bernie Sanders was dropping out of the presidential race. The main reason is Bernie Sanders and Wall Street do not go hand in hand. They just don't go hand in hand. Bernie Sanders is not a big fan of Wall Street. Wall Street is not a big fan of Bernie Sanders. He wants to do a lot to change the way it works. And so with him out of the picture and with Biden being the main Democratic presidential candidate, he's not going to do a whole lot of changes to Wall Street. And so they like Biden a lot better than they like Bernie Sanders. That was another reason why the why there was such a gain in the markets when this happens. Investors celebrated when he announced that he was no longer in the presidential candidates. So that's just some of the things that you have to think about when it comes to thinking about how the market works and why things don't necessarily correlate. And it just gives you a kind of an idea of how to look at the markets. Another thing I wanted to bring up is the markets 
is weird. It's extremely weird how investing works versus how regular buying works. In the regular, when you want to buy something, usually how it works is you wait for that thing to drop in price. You look at that thing. If it's something you can wait for, you wait for that thing to drop in price and then you go purchase that thing. We don't like buying things when they're they're at a high. Rather, we want to buy things when they're cheap. However, and this is a word of caution to everybody out there who is beginning, who is a beginner investor or anybody who just wants to start investing or has just started investing or anything like that. Be cautious to buy a stock when it's experiencing all-time highs. Be careful to buy a stock when you're when it's experiencing an insurmountable, unbelievable gain all of a sudden. For example, Think of a company like Tesla. Tesla all of a sudden exploded at the beginning of this year. Remember I was talking about it. I was always complaining how I missed out on Tesla, how it was 300 and now it's 900. Well, now it's about 700 or so. And now I was upset about it. Well, the thing with that is when it comes to when it comes to the stock market, for some reason, we tend to sell when things are losing price and buy when things are really expensive. It's an inverse of regular trade dynamics. We buy when things are expensive in the stock market and sell when things are cheap. Again, that just tells you just how it is just like the inverse of the economy. We just don't, you don't look at the economy the same way you look at the stock market. It's just different. So you can't use one to evaluate the other all the time. It can be a part of the puzzle, but it cannot be the whole picture of the puzzle. So moving on from there, we talked about earnings and how that's going to have a big impact and how that's having a big impact already. And the first companies that had their earnings report yesterday, we had JP Morgan and we had Wells Fargo. We had a lot of banks that are doing their earnings uh, this week. JP Morgan, Wells Fargo did their earnings yesterday. I think later on this week, I think on Thursday, we're going to have Bank of America and some others who are going to announce their earnings as well. But the big news and this, you can expect that every time a bank does their earnings, expect the stock market to drop. At least that's my expectation. I expect that the stock market, every single time they do an earnings report, the stock market should automatically fall. The main reason I say it will fall is because this has a direct correlation to how money is being spent. And it tells us exactly how the economy has been directly impacted by the coronavirus situation and how, and more importantly, it also tells us instead of the earnings telling us what happened in quarter one, now we're listening more and more to what these uh, CEOs plan is moving on into the future more than what happened in yesterday. So JP Morgan, one of the banks that did their earnings said that in other to deal with this whole coronavirus situation and the expectation that people will default on a lot of loans, Think of mortgages, think of uh, businesses not able to pay whatever kind of business loan. JP Morgan is insulating itself by automatically dropping its earnings and saving $6.8 billion to save in the bank's credit reserves. This move, this is a, I'm reading this out of a CNBC article. This move signals that the management experts expect a surge in defaults across companies lending businesses from credit cards in its consumer division to energy, real estate, and retail sector loans in its commercial operations. In other words, people can't make the payment. It's not just going to be like, oh, hey, man, I I have the money, but I don't want to pay. It's more of, yo, I ain't got it, so I definitely can't pay you. It's like, 
what like there's nothing you can do about this and so in order to insulate themselves they've had to stock up 6.8 billion dollars in their reserves now the thing is and why this is going to drop the stock market is because initially jp morgan has said that they only needed to put aside one billion dollars to make up for any defaults uh, in loans that may happen now going from one billion dollars to 6.8 billion dollars that is telling investors and that is telling the public just how big the impact is when it comes to this coronavirus situation. Wells Fargo, on the other hand, announced that they were doing $3.8 billion that they were putting in their reserves. And they had initially announced that they were only going to need about $800 million and that, that people they expected people to still be able to meet the need of paying their loans and those sort of things. So when you see banks coming out and saying, hey... Our profits are going to be extremely low in the next quarter because we just don't expect the money to be flowing in as it was in the past because we just don't expect people to have the money to pay us back. And on top of it, we're okay with people not paying us back during this period. And so in order to insulate ourselves during this period, we're taking a large chunk of what would have been profits and putting that as our emergency fund, essentially, is what they're saying. And so when big banks are doing that, it signals that, hey, this situation is big. I mean, we already knew it was big, but this situation is really, really big. It's a massive thing. So I expect that the stock market will continue to have this snowball effect for the next, at least for this week, until we can get some more and more positive news concerning the coronavirus. Like we talked about last week, Every business, the only thing investors really care about seeing is positive news on the corona front because the question is, when can we go back to work? When can we go back to shopping? When can we go back to watching sports games? When can we go back to eating at the bars? When can we go back to movie theaters? That's the question. When can life go back to normal? Now, moving on from that news into another news of... Not so great positive news. <laughs> Man, this week, first of all, if you're listening to this, pause for a second. If you can't deal with negative news, pause for a second and just listen to something else, my guy. Like, because I'm going to be honest, I also don't want to be the, the bearer of bad news all the time with this podcast. Because one of the things with this podcast that I love is to share ways that people can help themselves and give themselves the freedom of life but with all the news if you're not like me who can just kind of read this stuff and kind of keep it moving and doesn't really like like it hits me and it bothers me but because i'm a i mean i'm a christian so i'm an eternal optimist in other words i have a hope for a better tomorrow if you don't have that standing or any of that stuff i'll just say man don't just go listen to some good music or something (laughs) like if you but if you if you were like me and like, it's like, yeah, this thing sucks right now, but it, tomorrow will be better because that's the only thing that I literally, like, you, I stand upon that hope and I stand upon that promise that tomorrow will be better because God is still on the throne. I stand and I sit upon that. So it's not just like an empty faith because I understand that things are negative right now. It's not just an empty like, oh, laissez-faire, everything is good. No, I understand things are terrible right now. That's not, that's not a joke. Like things are horrible. But at the same time, I have a hope for a better tomorrow. And so, but if you don't have that, please, 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 I beg of you. I don't think you should be listening to the Thursday editions of this podcast. Listen to the, 
listen to the Tuesday edition of this podcast, but not the Thursday editions because for the few for the foreseeable future, a lot of the news are not necessarily going to be the most positive things that most people want to hear. It's not going to be a lot of the most happy-go-lucky news. Sometimes it'll be some things that I'll throw in there just to have some fun, but at the same time, like, yo, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna keep it 100 with y'all. The Thursday editions of this podcast is gonna be heavy. It's gonna be heavy for a while. But anyway, moving on to another piece of a little bit negative news. So the IMF, if you don't know who the IMF is, they're in the International Monetary Fund. And you're like, what does that mean? Who does that? What is that supposed to mean something to me? Well, the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, is basically where all countries go when they need a little bit of a loan. When they need some money, they and they get that money. But the other thing is they also monitor the global economy and do studies of how the global economy is doing overall. And so they did a study talking about just what exactly we are. And uh, if you, like I said, if you can't take this news, it ain't positive. They compared, and it's a comparison that nobody wants to make, and everybody has been staying away from making, but they compared this lockdown, they called it the Great Lockdown, and they said this is the worst economic downturn since 1929. And for those of y'all who don't know what happened in 1929, that was when we had the Great depression remember we've been talking about a recession well we moved on way past that we had a depression now dog we had a depression now when you compare the global economic downturn what it looks like now versus what it looked like during the financial trap uh, crisis during the financial crisis the global economy global gdp only went down about negative 0.1 percent Versus during this, the great lockdown, as it's called, the great lockdown of 2020, global GDP has shrunk to negative 3%. Negative 3%. So what the IMF is saying is that for the first time since the Great Depression, both both advanced economics and emerging markets and developing economies, economies, good gosh, are in recession. For this year, growth in advanced economies is projected at negative 6.1%. Emerging markets and developing economies with normal growth levels well above advanced economies are also projected to have negative growth rates of negative 1% in 2020 and negative 2.2% if you exclude China. Income per capita is projected to shrink from 170 from over 170 countries. Both advanced economies and emerging markets and developing economies are expected to partially recover in 2021. So when you look at it, it's like, Doc, what do you mean? What exactly do you mean that we're going to see we're comparing this to the Great Depression? So a key quote that they said is, assuming the pandemic pandemic fades, which Here's the hopeful part, and here's the good news. Assuming the pandemic fades in the second half of 2020 and that policy actions taken around the world are effective in preventing widespread firm bankruptcies, extending job losses and system-wide financial strains, we project global growth in 2021 to rebound to 5.8%. So that's the great news. That's the good news. The negative news is 
it's going to suck this year. It's going it's just going to suck. But as long as we can contain this thing before the end of this year, next year is going to be a good year. Now the main thing, the interesting thing is this this negative 3 GDP that they're saying that's going to happen is a staunch 180 that from what they had initially announced at the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the year, they said that GDP will grow 3.3%. They expected it to grow 3.3%. That's a six, that's a six percentage point about fakes that has happened just through two months. And so, although it's negative, although now it may look dark and it may look very horrible, but the good news is 5.8% next year growth if everything is done right. Now, all of this depends on a massive if. And the massive if is simply the question of, will people go back to life like it was prior to the global pandemic? As the IMF puts it, they they say the economic fallout depends on factors that interact in ways that are hard to predict, including the pathway of the pandemic the intensity and efficacy of containment efforts, the extent of supply disruptions, the repercussions of the dramatic tightening in global financial markets, financial market conditions, shifts in in spending patterns, behavior changes, such as people avoiding shopping malls and public transportation, confidence effects, and volatile commodity prices. In other words, how will this then affect everything? And it's things that they cannot really track. It's things that depend on human beings. It de- depends on how you and I think about the world once this is over. Depends on will I decide that after this whole thing ends that I'm going to run to go play soccer as soon as possible? The answer is yes, because I, I got to get my soccer in. Or will I just stay at home when this whole global pandemic pandemic he- ends? Will people be willing to go to bars or will people just sit at home? Will people be willing to travel or will people just sit at home as the airlines finally reach the deal with the federal governments where they're finally, they're going to get bailed out. And, but the good news on that part is although they're getting bailed out, they can't do stock buybacks and CEOs and high ranking executives in the office have to kind of take a pay cut for the next couple of years, which makes sense for that. But are you going to travel or are you just going to be like, mm, I just don't want to risk it? These are the questions that the IMF and economists and investors can't really answer. They can't answer any of these questions. The only people that can answer that is us when it comes time. And so the massive if of how well the economy is going to do next year depends on how well we do in dealing with the situation that we have in our hands this year. So pray for our leaders, pray for them because they need guidance and they need wisdom to be able to tackle the situation properly, to be able to tackle and deal with this thing the best way that they can possibly deal with it. Anyway, we got some good news though. Apple just released a brand new iPhone, man. Apple was like, yo, y'all talking about all this news, all this negative stuff. Apple's talking about, yo, we got a brand new iPhone. What you talking about? What you talking about? Look, look at this thing. Check out, check out. 
the new iPhone, they did a virtual launch today. It was dope. The, the new iPhone is $399 is the iPhone SE. For anyone who has ever used the iPhone SE, that's the, the small iPhone. Apparently, people really liked it. So therefore, Apple was like, yo, we're going to release this new iPhone because everybody wants one. I'm going to show you all a picture if you're watching on YouTube. That's what it looks like. If you've seen an iPhone 7, if you've seen an iPhone 8, you've seen a new iPhone SE. Basically, it's just to meet the demand of most people who wanted a smaller iPhone with the home button. And that's what this iPhone brings and makes available. It comes in three colors, black, white, and red, because those are the colors that they chose. And it's 400 bucks. So I expect this to do pretty well uh, for Apple overall. I was going to talk about Apple and Google doing the impossible and actually working together. Apple and Google coming together. Like when the Black Ranger turned good or Green Ranger turned good and joined the Power Rangers. You don't see that very often. Things you, this falls into the category of things you, you thought you would never hear in your life. Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton actually agreeing on something. Uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox actually saying they both play really well and both saying that both fan bases love each other. Or uh, Michael Jordan not throwing shade at LeBron whenever he talks about LeBron. Cristiano Ronaldo thinking that anybody is on his level, including Messi. James Harden actually playing defense. Giannis scoring from the field. Pepsi and Coke agreeing that they pretty much taste the same. They're pretty much the same thing. Like Pepsi and Coke, pretty much the same thing. Come at me. Come at me. Anyone who wants to come and argue with me about their not being the same thing. But the point is, Apple and Google actually came together for something. And the whole idea is they came together to be able to create a COVID-19 tracing system. Basically, they want to create a way so that uh, officials can track those who have said that they had COVID-19 and have reported that they were positive for COVID-19. And so they want to use this system to enable other people to know that someone has COVID-19 and say, hey, this person that you were close to had COVID-19. You might want to go get yourself tested just to make sure that you're safe. And the way that they're doing this is by using Bluetooth, because guess what? Privacy is important. Think about this. Apple is privacy above everything else. Like they are the privacy warriors of the internet. Like they always be trying to protect people's privacy. Google is the stark opposite. So how them two came together to work together is simple. Apple won. Apple was like, no, we're not selling this information. This is strictly for the purpose of ensuring that we can keep the public safe as much as possible. So they're not using your GPS location or anything like that. All they're going to be using is doing a Bluetooth ping to ping system. Only when you're within about uh, six minutes of somebody else or anything like that, your phone and somebody else's phone will ping each other or your phone and something out in the world will ping each other and be like, hey, this person has been in this location, has been here. You might want to go check yourself out. So the only thing, the only big hurdle that they have to hop over is to get people to actually install the app initially until they get a good amount of the public, which is, I think they have to get at least 40% of the public to install the app. And then even if you don't have this app installed, your device is still communicating. If you have your Bluetooth turned on all the time, your device is still communicating with other people's devices. And so therefore they'll be able to 
get an information basis for the general public. The good news is Apple and Google are both also baking this system into a software update. So it's just going to be on the Android operating system and it's going to be on iOS as well. So it eventually will get to the point where you just update your phone and this system is going to be live in the background. But you will still have to consent to your phone uploading that information and broadcasting that information out, which was important to Apple. But anyway, that's it. That's all I got for this podcast today. Once again, I just want to say happy birthday to my sister. It's a great day. It's a good day to celebrate my sister. Happy birthday to her. I pray that you just continue to have great and greater things coming to your life in Jesus' name. Amen. But let's round up some of the things that we talked about. First of all, we hit up on the Fed adding another 2.3 trillion dollars to help support the economy basically by loaning more money to small businesses to ensure that small businesses and and medium-sized businesses can survive during this unbelievable unprecedented time we talked about how the investors were celebrating the fact that bernie sanders is no longer in the presidential race we also talked about how this economic position that we are currently in is so close and they are finally starting to compare it to the great depression because we haven't seen things happen at this rate since the great depression where people weren't able to 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 work and stuff like that then we talked about banks and how banks are are doing their earnings calls and doing their earnings report and how that's affecting the economy as a whole or rather not affecting the economy but rather affecting the market as a whole and how that correlates because Banks are finally saying, hey, we're going to have to like save more money, you know, emergency fund, put more money in our emergency fund. Like everybody should be doing every like because you never know what might happen because people might default on their loans. So that's what they're doing. And then we talked about Apple unveiling their new iPhone, which it basically looks like the same iPhone that's been around for a while. And then we talked about Apple and Google working together to ensure that they can help the public during this whole global pandemic situation. But anyway, I hope y'all learned one or two things during this whole podcast. I hope y'all are doing good. I hope y'all are taking the time just to to rest, uh, to rest. I hope you're not watching too much Netflix and all these other streaming networks that are doing unbelievable right now. Go outside, look up at the sky. It was beautiful today. The wind was blowing. It felt amazing. If you follow me on Instagram, you know I do this. They told me to go outside additions every single day, which is just after I finish working inside, I just go outside, take a breather, get my mind right, and just kind of rebalance myself because it's so important. Don't get yourself inundated with just staying indoors, soaking up a lot of negative news, or even watching TV all day. Get outside, clear your mind, let your head actually process thoughts, ponder on things, think about life. And just be safe out there, guys. Be safe. Once again, shout out to my sister. Happy birthday to you. Love you, sis. And I'm going to hit you all up on the next one. God bless each and every single one of y'all out there. It's been your boy, Kalichi. And I'm out. Wash your hands, people. Peace.